Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Buddy. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. We hope that someone is you. I just want to say thank you again to all the listeners each week who take the time to hear the stories of our guests. If you'd please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast, give us a review, and share this podcast with your friends, family, and on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I'm excited and grateful to introduce you to my guest, Alex Ferry, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome, Alex. Thank you. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Well, hey, I got lots of questions for you, but let me do a little introduction of you first, things I know about you, and then we'll dive deep on the the history of Alex Ferry and kind of what makes you are who you are today. Yeah. Um, so what, one thing I know about you, well, we've been going to the same church for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You were born in that church, right? Salem Heights? Yep, basically. Yeah. yeah. And you're how old right now? 29. Dude, you're 29? Yeah, I know. Wow. Almost 30. Almost 30. I'm, I'm getting there. 30 is where real manhood really begins, actually. <laughs> oh, good to know. know. That, All right. Yeah. No, yeah. It I actually mean... begins at manhood. All right. I'm looking forward 30. to it then. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you are married to Hannah. Mm-hmm. How long have you been married? We've been married seven years. Man, time flies. I know. Yeah. recently had a baby. Her name is yeah. Nora. Nora Jane. Yeah. Nora Jane. How old is Nora? She's almost one and a half. So, Dude, yeah. it's like you guys just had her. And she's already one and a half. I know. She has mm. more personality than I would have ever expected. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. And you'll blink and she'll be 18 before you know it. I believe it. So yeah, the, you experienced that I, recently. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, I can remember my girls as little girls and now they're 26 and 24. One's married. But yeah, be praying for that future husband one day down the road if, you, if, if that's what is Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Uh you you went to Corbin mm-hmm. and you played basketball there. I did. Yep. Uh, what was your degree in? That's only I I don't think I know. Yeah. So I did just um, bachelor's of business administration. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you have any thoughts at that point in time what you wanted to do with that? No. Or was it just like hey. I figured I'd do business. I'd work yeah. my way up in some corporate yeah. job, whatever it might have been. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you were at Costco at that time. Um, maybe, oh, I worked or, odd jobs everywhere. I mean, I worked for my dad super yeah. part-time. I worked at Costco yeah. part-time, anything that fit the schedule of basketball and school. <laughs> okay. But yeah. you worked. You, yep. Was that something your mom and dad made you do? Like you're going to work or? No. I mean, they, they said I had to pay for my own things <laughs> if I wanted them. So I, I wanted to work so I could buy things and pay yeah. for gas. Otherwise you can't know, go anywhere. <laughs> having parents that make our, make your kids work. My parents made me work. Mm-hmm. I look back and it's probably r- really one of the greatest gifts my parents gave me was, you're going to work. You want that? That's no problem. We'll love you, mm-hmm. but you're going to work for everything. Yep. I wouldn't yeah. trade that for anything. So yeah. I can see how that molded and shaped who you are because you're, you're in the community, you're a hard worker, mm. and uh, you're on the scene, my friends. So yeah. That's pretty well, cool. thank you. Yeah. Uh, you currently uh, own a company called State Farm or an agency, a State Farm agency, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you worked for your dad for a while. Now, you, how long have you owned your own agency? Yeah. So I've owned my own agency for about a year and a half now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, still pretty new at it. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems like you've been doing it for a long time because, you know, you drive the red and white State Farm <laughs> truck and uh, I love your branding. It's Thank awesome. You. you guys are literally everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Try to learn from the best. So yeah, appreciate yeah. my dad. Your dad that. did it well. Yeah. And then, well, then your dad, uh, did Bruce Wood uh, kind of coach your dad a little bit? Um, yeah, so Bruce was kind of my dad's mentor, okay. still is. And so yeah. growing up, we all always called him Grandpa Bruce, Grandpa still Bruce. do. And yeah, now Nora will call him Great Grandpa Bruce. That's and right. 
it's funny though what I and we'll talk more about, but just hearing your story that your dad mentored you, but your dad also had a mentor, and then I bet Bruce had a mentor. You oh, know? I'm sure. Yep. And so to navigate this life, it feels like we have to have mentors. And mm-hmm. just a quick side note: uh, your father-in-law, which I became friends with Russ back in 2004. Yeah, Russ and I were in a Bible study together. We didn't know each other, and Bruce Wood was our mentor, no, really? teacher, coach. Wow, you know. <laughs> and so Russ and I developed a a great friendship way back when. Okay, and we're so great friends today. So yeah, no, but I'm having a mentor, being mentored, you have no idea what that means. Because mm-hmm. uh, most men don't want to be mentored. By the way, yeah, we'll talk about that. But okay, all right. And the last thing I wrote down here is you're a real estate investor. Yeah, so. That might be what we really want to dig deep on. So let's let's leave that one to the last because I love real All estate. Right. Um, it's fun. Yeah, it's exciting. But I want to maybe hear your journey to that. But so tell me where you grew up. Uh, tell me about life as a as a kid growing up. How your parents influenced you. I know work is part of that. Yeah. Uh, siblings. Just the whole story. We're gonna hear about Alex. We're gonna learn about Alex. All right. Yeah. Where do I begin? I mean, yeah. yeah. I was born Salem, Oregon. Um, grew up here my whole life. So, mm. for those of us that are around the valley, I went to McKinley, went to Leslie Middle School, went to South Salem, and then I'll just finish up that journey. But I went to Shemekeda, took the two freebie years yeah. that they offer. Yeah, love um, it. Ended up playing basketball there, and then um, earned a scholarship over to Corbin University. So wrapped yeah. up my bachelor's there, and mm-hmm. then even further finished my MBA there as well. So yeah. So you have a, you have an MBA as well. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my journey through school. Um, but I mean, growing up, it was um, me. I have a younger brother, Heath. He's over in Texas yeah. working in the Costco world and rising there. And yeah. then uh, my younger sister, Josie, um, she works in our office actually. Um, so she's licensed on the insurance side now. Um, she's married and uh, living in town. And then my youngest sister is actually still in high school. So okay. there's quite the spread of age group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're the oldest of four, well, of total four of you. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to be the oldest? Does, do you feel a certain responsibility? Did mom and dad put more pressure on you uh, just because you're a firstborn? What's that like? Yeah, I don't know. I, I tried not to carry like any expectation on Ooh. myself and I... I think that I my parents did a good job of not yeah. putting a lot of burdens on me. It's like, hey, you are the old, like, yes, there's responsibility that comes with being the oldest, mm-hmm. but they weren't like trying to make me the parent of yeah. these younger siblings. And so like we always joke that me, Heath and um, Josie, we helped raise Haley because okay. she was so much younger that right. um, we were hanging out with her all the time and we were in high school that time. Yeah. But, yeah. That's funny. So how old, how old is Haley? Haley is 16 now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 13-year gap difference. I always tell the story. I'll tell it again. But my dad has eight brothers and five sisters, so there's 14 oh kids. And, and I think from the age of 20 to 40, my grandma was pregnant for <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> I'm not joking, man. It's, it's yeah, true. I mean, the math would have to be. <laughs> you just do the math, you know. And, yeah. And uh, so I get the age. The age. I mean, mm-hmm. my dad's oldest brother is 91. The youngest one, I think, is I think 70, 71. Yeah. So, yeah, hmm. there you go. Yeah. It's crazy. Love siblings, though. They're yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Okay. So you um, go to South Salem, you go to Schmecka, then go to, over to Corbin, mm-hmm. get your MBA. Yeah. How did you, uh, I guess, navigate to where you're at now? You're at State Farm. Yeah. Worked for your dad for a while. 
yeah, I so so I ended up I worked just kind of all the odd jobs going through high school and college, and um, I think part of that was my parents encouraged me strongly to get out and get a job. Yeah. I mean, we had school, we had sports, but I mean, you still got your weekends usually and your evenings, and mm-hmm. so. Um, I started in high school working at like Figaro's. I worked some janitorial services that were the after hours. And so um, it opened up at least some opportunities to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, from there, um, as I got into college years, I tried to look for some more career path type opportunities. So I did a stint over at Nike for a little bit, worked at the outlet store mm. um, and kind of had some opportunities to look at the company within. Yeah. And pretty quickly realized that wasn't the journey for me. Um, not a fan of the necessarily the politics of a mm. big company. Um, and it's for some people, but not me. <laughs> At least you know now, man. Yep, now exactly. you're 10 years into a career and realize, wait a second. Yeah, that's why I kind of, I was advised, my dad, one of those people telling me, but um, test out as many places as you can, find out what you hate to do. Mm. So then you know that's not the route you yeah. want to go and so it's great advice by yeah the way. no i i mean i still hold to it this day you gotta find the things you hate so that way yeah. you can find what you actually it's need. interesting because most people are trying to find what they love but they can't figure it out and exactly they end up working a job they actually hate but they're still looking for what they love mm-hmm. now figure out what you absolutely that's one of my favorite questions when i ask people hey what do you what do you love about working here yeah okay what do you hate yeah oh i need to know really what you absolutely dislike because mm-hmm. we can get rid of that and uh, help you focus on what you love and people love come work when they figure out what they love but they can't do that until they figure out what they don't like yeah exactly and it's hard nowadays even when we look at like resumes for people yeah. if there's not a work history it's like okay you don't even know what you want to do so yeah. um, we're seeing more and more of that but yeah we encourage people like when you're young just go get a job, do something. Like don't wait for finding what you love. Just right. try something out, make some money, <laughs> yeah. some work ethic, and then go from there. So yeah. so you guys probably wouldn't hire somebody with a with no work history, like you've never had any experience. You're probably not going to let them come work for you until they've got a few jobs under their belt. I mean, it just, it depends. Like, I mean, some of that is like we get the opportunity to coach and mold, mm-hmm. mold people that okay. have a blank slate. So there might be some benefit there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it all, it's all based on So interview. it's not a no. No. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's actually There's always an opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity. Yeah. Walk me through your journey of playing basketball at Chemeca, then at Corbin. What, what does that mean to you? How did that, I'm, I'm sure you're pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. Very. Uh, and you have a, a younger brother, usually his brothers that are pretty competitive. You and Heath, are you guys pretty competitive? Yeah, growing up, I mean, we were very close in age. I yeah. think we're like a year a year and some months apart, yeah. so very close. Okay. Um, so there was always some rub, and a lot You're, lo- you're a tougher lot of than he is, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, he's actually the tougher okay. one, yeah. Okay, you, you'll admit that, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's been times where we were wrestling in middle school, high school, and I would get him in a chokehold, and he wouldn't tap. He would just pass out, <laughs> so he would go he to blackout. Tough. He would, and whereas me, like, I'd be like, no, I'm tapping. <laughs> I'm going to tap out, man. Yeah, he's a, he's a tough kid, um, but yeah, I, I've been at least through the competitive side. So my journey at Chemeketa, um, my first year, my freshman year, I actually tried out for the team, just tried to walk on, and I did not make the team. I got Is that cut. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So my freshman year and going from high school to college mm-hmm. is a very big difference. I was like, man, I am a boy amongst men here. Wow. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, it was a pretty eye opening, oh. and I knew that I wasn't going to make the team. I was just trying out for fun more yeah, so. Yeah. 
Um, and that year they actually won nationals. So um, I, I mean, I wasn't on the team for a reason. Wow. <laughs> they were good. They were good. Mm-hmm. Quite a few seniors probably that year, I'm guessing. Yep. Yeah. So then the next year I was like, well, it's my sophomore year. I'll have some free time. Might as well try out again. And so I did try out again. Um, I actually uh, sprained my ankle during tryouts, mm-hmm. but I taped up, showed up the next day for tryouts, sprained it again. <laughs> and the coach was like, okay, Alex, if if you're going to keep trying out, like I'll let you red shirt and <laughs> you can sit on the sideline till your ankle heals. I was like, all right, sweet. Done. <laughs> so, I mean, I was just, I kept showing up. Yeah. And so, um, I really appreciated coach a coach after Holland. Mm-hmm. He, um, he was a yeller, but he, um, wanted his guys to be disciplined mm-hmm. and wanted them to work hard. And yeah. so, um, for me, like that, that's what I enjoy most about basketball is how much effort are you putting into Mm -hmm. whether it's offense or defense. And so um, in the course of that year, actually at Chemeketa, I went from a red shirt to um, they moved me up into a player status um, because we had some guys get in trouble. So Mm -hmm. they got kicked off the team. Yeah. Too bad for them. Good for you. Sad for them. Yep. Good for me. Um, And so opportunity came and I answered. And then as the year progressed, I ended up um, continuing to get more playing time. Eventually, by the end of the year, I had started a few games. Yeah. And from there, Corbin had recruited me. And I had no intention of playing college basketball. I was like, in high school, I was not the most skilled, not the most athletic. I was just a kid that worked really hard. Um, and so that earned me essentially my spot at, Sh- at Corbin after yeah. Shemekita. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then that gave you two more play or because you... Yeah, Technically, so, you did play your first year. Mm-hmm. You registered the second year. Does that give you So three I more did years? play my second year. So Chemeketa, my sophomore I year. Right? Yep, yep. I yep. played that year. And then my junior and senior year at Corbin, I yep. did play. And then my I did my MBA. So I wasn't going to do my MBA, but I had one more year of eligibility. So yeah. a new coach had came in and yeah. was like, hey, Alex, I know you've been on the team for a few years appreciate your leadership. Would you mind sticking around for one more year? Um, Absolutely. Um, And I was like, all right, let's do it. And so, yeah, yeah, um, did my MBA and then got an extra year to play some hoops with some cool guys. So did you get through your entire college in five years? Was the MBA a one year? It was was a two year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they, now it's a one year, but at the time it was a two year program. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So the nice thing about the MBA though, is I, when I, initially graduated with my bachelor's, um, that's when I started working full-time for my dad. Um, And so that's when I first really dove into insurance was 2016. Hmm. And then I did my MBA in the evenings as Hannah and I would watch a movie or hang out. Really marrying. Yeah, yeah, reading a book and then write a paper on it and repeat. Those are good times, though. Those hard times early on in Mm -hmm. marriage when you have no money, you're newly married, you know, you don't know what's next. No, you're Those learning good, everything. You're learning I mean, everything. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a good place to be. It's, 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 it keeps you humble. And, uh, that's good though. I mean, some of our, you know, I would say early on in marriage, when you have nothing's when you're, you have the most joy, mm, then life yeah. comes at you and make more money, have more problems and yep. whatever. The but, world starts telling you more things that you mm, should be doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Careful. Mm-hmm. careful, yeah. careful. <laughs> so, well then how did you and Hannah meet? Yeah, Hannah and I, I mean, you know a little bit about our story, but a little bit. Yeah, so we met in third grade actually at church. So their family came over to Salem Heights at the time. And um, apparently she had a crush on us from day one. She said that I 
I thought she had pink eye. I don't remember that story exactly, but <laughs> so she had had a crush on me all throughout elementary, middle, high school. And I was, I mean, I was an immature boy, um, focused on myself and mm. just going through life on my own and yeah. didn't really take like girls or relationships that seriously. And then um, in the college years, probably my junior, senior year at Corbin is when I was like, okay, I should probably mm. like straighten out and yeah. mature a little bit. Yeah think about my future and if I want to marry someone. And so at the time, Hannah and I were still friends, mm -hmm. same friend groups. And then it was like, okay, she's like, you hear the phrase like wifey material. She mm -hmm. was that to yeah. me. And I was like, man, she's someone I would want to marry. Like I would not want to date her. I just want to move to the marriage phase. Wow. And so, um, it's pretty I mean, cool. yeah. So, I mean, she was dating someone at the time, yeah. but I kind of opened my heart up and was like, Hey, we've known each other for years. Um, I, I want to start taking this seriously and yeah. would love to pursue a relationship and yeah. to marriage. And so then the next day we started dating. She had broken up with the other person. Yeah. And then here we are today. Married. How many years you said? Seven? Seven. Yeah. And then Nora's year and a half. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, you have a, you have great in-laws too. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Oh, man. awesome. Uh, I noticed that you and Rick, for Rick's birthday, you guys... And Russ went with you guys as well. You guys went somewhere. Where did yeah, you guys go? We went to Marion Lake. Yeah. Um, so we went fishing for the weekend. So yeah. It's a guy's trip, man. Yep. That's oh, rough. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh -huh. How many fish you catch? Oh, I don't know. I I think Rick caught the most that weekend. But I mean, we all caught over 40. So yeah. we were all thankful. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a fisherman? Do you love fishing? Is that your thing? Um, or I wouldn't say do? I love it. I have all the gear for it. Uh -huh. I will go when invited. But uh, I don't think I will intentionally plan a fishing event. <laughs> Isn't that funny how we're yeah. wired? I mean, I grew up hunting and fishing too, but unless I get invited, I'm probably not going fishing. And last mm -hmm. time I went fishing, Rick Southfields. Yep. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> Take me to the secret fishing hole. I can't tell you to have to kill you. But. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't want to know <laughs> no, that. He probably, he's probably taking you there, but that's cool. No, mm -hmm. it looked like a really a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a good, good Bunch of guys out camping mm -hmm. and fishing, man. What yep. a cool thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just different getting out in nature a little bit and yeah. enjoy the quietness. So tell me, uh, you know, having great parents, still married, which is amazing. The, mm -hmm. These in this day and age, just a great family. How's that made you who you are today? Mm. How's that influenced you? You know, your parents love you. You mentioned unconditionally, kind of, you know, encourage you to do certain things, but never f making you feel pressure. Yeah, just encouraging you. What's that done for you? Yeah, I mean, I think the the word you, keyword you used was encourage. Yeah. Um, I mean, even through like my selfish phases of high school and what you're even, selfish. Yeah, I know. What? That's weird. I don't <laughs> never dealt with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they were very patient and kind, and mm -hmm. there was discipline, but there was also hey, what, where are we going to go from here? Yeah. Um, and so I really, I think that shaped me a lot as far as just how to actually kind of have almost a different perspective throughout mm -hmm. high school, college, because it's like you you see everyone's self-absorbed at those phases because it's yeah. like you're trying to figure out who you are. Right. And so um, I appreciated their guidance in that. And I mean, my dad, especially, he's been a mentor for me. Hmm high school, middle school, college, all, yeah. all the above still is. And so um, I think that relationship has made a big difference in, in shaping who I am. But yeah, I mean, my parents, they 
disciplined us. We got Good. spankings. We got the soap in the mouth. And Yummy. if it didn't work, they would try Tabasco or some other nasty thing. To, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you can imagine two boys. We were troublemakers. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it takes to break the wheel a little bit. You know, uh, at least yeah. soften it a little exactly, bit. Exactly, yeah. We always joke because me and Heath got in trouble a lot growing up. Yeah. But then Josie was like the little angel. She never did anything wrong. She was just always so kind or she never loving. got caught let's be honest i don't know she's she's like she's the loving one in our family we okay. always say she's the one you want to get to know okay <laughs> yeah she'll yeah. take care of you on your deathbed uh, if you're for dead, sure yeah yep. yeah yeah Haley may have a little bit too much of heath and heath and me in her but she's That's... she's still more tender than than the guys sure. yeah, yeah. The guys. Yeah. yeah yeah and she's a lot more mature i yeah. mean she had three older siblings that were doing life while she's in totally. elementary and middle school so you become who you hang with and even if your yeah. family's older than you you tend to mature up to that level or yeah yeah, yeah she matured very quickly it was yeah. like she was i remember pretty vividly like she was in elementary school yeah. and like she was like a high schooler it was just like oh yeah. man girl you yeah. got some sass and everything yeah well, i think honestly the girls the yeah, the girls develop faster than the men do. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's my opinion. But uh, yeah, yeah, I took twenty twenty one years to for my brain to develop and mature. So I was farther along. Though. Yeah. I was probably twenty three before I finally. Yeah, it, it was marriage for me that really helped, mm -hmm. helped shape me at twenty three. But yeah, yeah, it was a lost cause for a long time. Yeah, well, I think we all are until we figure out like, oh, I I need to mature, and it's not all about yeah. me anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Well. Let's talk about real estate because I think that's fun. It's a fun game. Yeah. Um, what got you into real estate? And you, you guys do a class. There's a guy I want to introduce you to. I, I met him at Yum Cafes. This young kid, 17. Okay. And we started talking at the window and I'd come through and there he is again. And uh, I never tell people what I do. I just yeah. don't think that's appropriate. But he started talking about uh, investments in real mm. estate. I'm like, it's interesting. So I've, uh, invited him to come to your oh, good. Uh, Wednesday night event next Wednesday. Awesome. But his name's Alex. Okay. And uh, he's, a, he's a cool young kid. Yeah, hopefully he comes, yeah. So anyway, I'll introduce you. Okay. Yeah, but walk me through your journey mm -hmm. and how do you encourage people to get involved in real estate? Because I think it's a great, a great thing to do. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I started obviously like insurance is the route I went career wise. And I mean, when you, you got your day job, yeah. When you look at insurance, it's similar to like different industries, whether yeah. it's mortgage, real yeah. estate, financial yeah. services. Um, but like you said, it's not necessarily like fun or there's not a lot of risk to it. It's, right. it's very, um, it is what it is. I mean, rates are set how they are mm -hmm. and it's a very just slow and steady growth industry um because it's designed hopefully you never have to use it but it's there right. to protect you um and so i really enjoy that side of the safety um and just building the team out that way right. but when i looked at what do i want to do personally with yeah. investments whether mm -hmm. it's retirement real estate um, I'd always liked the idea of real estate. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know why. It just, there was some draw to it. And so when my wife and I first got married, we bought our first house. Mm -hmm. um, you remember that? Yeah. I think 2016. I do, yeah. Yep. And so um, back when rates were really good, back when home prices were really low, it was just right before the rise of It's too bad tides. we could go back there and buy like 10 more homes. I know. I look at it now. I'm like, man, I should have But in 10 years- <laughs> 
It'll be well, the we same say, thing. Gosh, I wish I bought ten homes. See, I, mm-hmm. back then when you bought your first home, we weren't saying we should buy ten homes. No, yeah, but uh, it's yeah, interesting. you don't know. Yeah, you don't know how it all shape yeah. out. But yeah. I mean, I basically I read when we bought our first house. I guess we weren't in the investment mindset. It yeah. was to buy and yeah. build some equity appreciation, yeah. Yeah. and then down the road it was like okay like most people would tell you sell your house and then take that money go buy a bigger house keep your monthly payment the same and so that's what we were being told as we lived there for a while and i was like okay i mean yeah that makes sense get a bigger house same payment yeah why not but probably a year or two into being there i had read rich dad poor dad yep and so yeah and so he Obviously, Kiyosaki has like all these podcasts and everything out there, but um, that was kind of my first intro was reading that book. Mm -hmm. And it was more so just a mindset shift of how do I look at what I'm purchasing? Is it an asset? Is it a liability? I mean, there's really only two categories. Um, And so um, when I looked at that, I was like, okay, so let's save for another house and let's keep our old house and rent it out. And so that's really what changed for me. And so... It was in 2019 that we bought our first duplex. Um, And it's an interesting duplex because it's two homes on a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually two completely separate single family homes. Um, Tells me it's a pretty old one because that's not how duplex is made today. No, yeah. But that's okay. Yep. So the the home, the main house was a 1919 home. I mean, it was 100 years old. And then the, the smaller house on the backside um, I think it was newer, um, maybe like 60s, 70s. So oh, okay. it was, it was so, built after the fact. Is it like an ADU or is it the same I, size? Almost. No, it probably was done as an ADU. So smaller um, in size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much smaller. Um, but yeah, it worked really well for yeah, us because yeah. we lived in the main house. Yeah. We did some odd projects. I mean, even our first house, we always tried to find some way to add value. Mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. we would do flooring, painting, yeah. trim, baseboards. Um, just little. Did you do that work yourself or you hired that out? No, I did all the one on the first house you myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I painted exterior. We did interior. We did floors. Yeah. Baseboards. Yeah. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. But when you're young, like you said, you don't have money. So you, you do it you yourself figure and figure it out. Yourself, yeah. yeah. So YouTube University is where I went for yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that's how we did our first purchase with the duplex. And yeah. yep. with both of those, we did pretty minimal down. Um, and I would I would take calculations into account as far as, okay, what do I have to rent it at to cover mm-hmm. the expenses? Yeah. And down the road, will appreciation help that? Um, and both of them, the numbers worked. And yeah. so I was like, okay. But it's interesting because the first, when we bought the duplex, mm-hmm. the first night we slept there, I like couldn't fall asleep. Because my mind was just spinning as like, did I just make the worst decision of my life? And I had to recalculate all the numbers in my head to be like, no, this is, it'll work out. Because I mean, it was at the time a big expense and a lot of risk because I was placing two tenants at once. Right. And so it was all a learning curve right from there. Well, just to pause for a moment, it's good for people to hear that you're a real dude, you have real emotions and Mm -hmm. you can second guess yourself. There is sometimes uh, an element of fear, you yeah. know, doing investment, but, you know, doing calculated risk yeah. and moving forward, continue your story. But I think that's really important for people to hear that there is risk involved, but it is calculated. It's, 
It's mm-hmm. not like, hey, up for chance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't just say I'm going to buy real estate and yeah. spend money on a down payment. Right. It was calculated. Exactly. Um, and so um, after being at that house and location, like the plan from there on was just to keep doing the same exact thing. So yeah. from day one, we just started saving any rental income. We started saving any of our own income, mm. just putting it aside for the next down payment. Yeah. And so it was about a year later, we did the exact same thing. We found another house, got a pretty good deal on it because yeah. there was some a little bit of work needed. Just mm-hmm. some, I mean, carpets were all trashed, old flooring, all that bad paint, um, really bad paint. <laughs> Perfect. And so, yeah, it was great because we had made an offer and we were told, no, you didn't get it. And then like t- a month or two later after um, that offer fell through. And so we got selected as the one to step in. And we were like, wait, what house? Oh, Who? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> We've looked at how many houses? Now? Exactly. Yeah. I think we had made two other offers. And so we were just like, wait, how long ago was this? Yeah. And so... Um, we were really excited. So mm-hmm. we basically, when we closed on that one, we ripped out everything from the flooring up. And then we redid the flooring throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. redid baseboard, painted it all, and then moved out of the duplex, rented yeah. out our house that we had left at the time, um, and then did that. Yeah. And so the when we did that move that one was more of realizing oh this is not just a way to like help cover expenses this is a way you can make money and um, so from then it was trying to think of how can we add enough real estate to supplement hannah's income for having a kid yeah Um, because that was the the goal was when whenever she had a kid whenever we had our daughter yeah yeah um, how can we make sure she can stay home with Nora? Because yeah. um, that was always her passion, and I've always loved that idea of just having a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, and, yeah, and that, that was her, her passion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not everyone's. Like no. some people want to work, and that's it's awesome. Totally cool yep. as well, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she enjoys that that role, yeah. and so um, that was the goal was to have the real estate replace her income and yeah. supplement that, yeah. which it all worked out. And so here we are today. Yeah, keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, Robert Kiyosaki, I read the book probably 20 years ago and mm-hmm. it changed my mind. Yep. You know, I thought owning a house was uh, an asset. Yeah. But technically your own home is a liability because if you stop paying, yep. how long does it take before the bank takes it home back? So mm-hmm. real estate is an avenue but uh, and then you have some crazy guys like a Grant Cardone who yeah. who says you know what never own your own home only Always, buy investment yep. properties. Okay, that's interesting. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not against that. If that's what it takes to build wealth, do whatever it takes. I actually can appreciate mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. But whatever you do, figure out the plan yeah. and stick to it. The biggest regret I have is that I didn't keep the the all the homes I'd owned mm-hmm. over the last twenty five years. If I, the first home my wife and I bought in 1995, Mm -hmm. it felt like a lot. $86,000 felt like a lot of money. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I think I sold it five years later for 130. I thought I've made the big money. Yep. And I got really excited about that. And that that was a journey, but buying and flipping more than buying and holding. But I think Mm. what you're doing is long term. Well, I heard, I learned one time, maybe this will be good for you, is I learned from a CPA that at the time he's probably, late 60s, early 70s, and we were buying and flipping. He goes, you know, it's it's not the real estate you buy and sell today. It's the real estate when you're 70 that matters that you mm. still own. So real estate is a long-term game. Yeah, for sure. And if you do it that way, you can build wealth. Mm-hmm. I was meeting with a friend 
this week, he owns probably 10 doors. Yeah. You know, he's doing pretty well, in my opinion. I yeah. think it's great. And he's like sharing with me, he goes, you know, but the problem is my very first home and the next, I think it's either duplex or fourplex, he sold. Mm. He goes, if I'd have kept those from 15 years ago, I'd be retired today. Yeah. But that's, you know, living and learning. Yep. Yeah. And so I would say, to your point, you haven't sold any property yet. Keep your properties long term. And, mm-hmm. and uh, when you're, because you're 29. Yeah. When you're 49, so 20 years from now, what does that look like? Yeah, that's, that's it'll be, be, I mean, it'll be crazy because it's, that's my plan is yeah. long-term holds. I mean, like you said, there's, everyone has a different way to go about it, mm-hmm. whether it's Dave Ramsey, whether it's Grant Cardone, whether it's right. whoever it is, Robert Kiyosaki, they all have their way of building wealth. Yeah. They're all designed for different personalities, really. Yeah. And so, like mine, I don't know what I want to build it to yet. I really mm-hmm. haven't game planned that, but mm-hmm. I don't have a plan of stopping at least at this point my plan yeah, is just to yeah. keep accumulating push savings towards buying real estate yeah. and as long as the numbers work then it's still worth buying numbers um, gotta work yep well and as you move forward so you're you, you let's talk about your event that you do on the first wednesday of every month that mm-hmm. might be interesting i want you to maybe talk briefly about buying property outside of oregon because if you ever listen to Bigger Pockets podcast, yes, I know yeah. you do, and I know you probably know all what I'm going to probably mention here, but mm-hmm. you know, Oregon, some of the politics that's going on can or has had some challenges as far as being a landlord, the landlord tenant rules and laws. Thoughts on that? Just you know, yeah, I mean, landlord tenant laws are not favorable in Oregon at all, and so. Um, I have looked at actually out-of-state investing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't taken that leap. It's mm-hmm. a fear factor right now because um, I'm doing what I'm comfortable with. I'm yeah. buying homes yeah. I yeah. can see, touch, walk through, yeah. and self-manage. And so I think there's um, a lot of risk with self-managing, especially in Oregon. But I think you can handle a lot of that pretty well if mm-hmm. you screen well on the front end. When you get to know your applicants and yeah. your tenants, you're going to put good people there that they're not necessarily going to care. Did you send the letter out seven days by mail to me by this date? So that way I could move out or get my deposit. Um, And so it's finding people like that, that are actually just people wanting to work with you, not people trying to take advantage of you. Right. That's key. Yeah. Character stuff. Yeah. Cause I'm I'm guessing we we always hear the bad stories, but in reality, you Mm -hmm. know, 98% 98% of all people are just going to do the right thing. There's always exact. that small population is going to take advantage of the situation. Yep. So, And I learned, I think I learned early on, my second tenant actually was not a good tenant, um, took advantage of me because mm. I did not do due diligence on yeah. screening them well. And so that's where I kind of learned, okay, it's my fault. I take the blame for that yep. and you lose a little money and hopefully it's not a lot, your <laughs> first mistake, yeah. but um, you hopefully learn from that. And that's kind of what yeah. I viewed it as. I paid for a mistake that gave me education. So Hey, mistakes are great if we mm-hmm. learn from them. It yep. sounds like you learn from it. How do you, how do you uh, is there like a site you go to where you uh, do a background check? Do you, How do you do that? Yeah, I use three main ones. So I use Zillow and apartments.com are my big two. And then I use rentspree.com. And okay. so that one, it, you send them a link, they can apply through it. Whereas Zillow and apartments.com, you have to have an active listing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
You said that's rents.com? Rentsbree.com. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, you you put it in there as your address yeah. and you put your criteria and then you just copy paste, send the link. And yeah, so I don't use that one as often because mm-hmm. most people find it through Zillow or Got apartments.com. It. But, Got it. Mm-hmm. It's good to know, man. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, I know you're in the insurance world, so uh, we're getting here to wrap up here in just a moment. But, yeah. uh, you know, intro, uh, you know, mortgage rates are high. Everything's high. Inflation's high. Yeah. Insurance rates are high. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet State Farm still remains strong. Yeah. You guys have done some good stuff. Uh, let's hear a plug from State Farm mm. and uh, kind of how you guys are managing that. And, I mean, people are like, hey, everything's higher. Everybody's shopping everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you help people navigate through that? Uh, State Farm is a long-term company to, to Yeah, stay I think you the key word there is long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've you've done this for years, but working with local people, it changes everything when yeah. crisis happens. When a, a roadblock comes up, it's easier to call me and you versus a yeah. 1-800 number. Yeah. And so um, I think that's a huge advantage. As far as like cost goes with inflation, we're telling everyone and it is what it is, but inflation, um, uninsured drivers, the cost of materials, everything's gone up so much mm-hmm. the last two to three years mm-hmm. that all insurance companies are going up. Yeah. State Farm is increasing generally about 14 to 18%. Other companies we're seeing 30 to mm-hmm. 200%. And so it's like, it's quickly developing into just the year of shopping. Yeah. Um, everyone's kind of just making sure, yeah. is this company the best fit for me? Yeah. Um, generally, State Farm is a great fit for the long-term people. Yeah. Um, if you're shopping costs every six months, every year, then you're going to shop costs every six months right. to a year yeah. for the rest of your life. And that's okay. It's yep. just a lot more work and usually yep. not a lot of savings comes through that. And what, what I know that a lot of people just shop cost, but they don't actually know what it is that they're getting. I think that's probably where you, as an mm-hmm. educator, you care about people. It's like, hey, you can go shop wherever, yeah. but let me ask you what your your uh, your protection is. And so yeah. you probably go through that and help people make better decisions. Yeah, exactly. We always try to give people at least an apples to apples, and yeah. we always let them know, hey, these are probably some changes, some direction I would give you, whether you move forward with us or if you stay with your current company, consider these mm. pieces. Cause yeah. Key word is, I like that soft consider. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to tell people what to do. You no. love on them. And, and I think, I bet you, if you pursue those people in six months, they're going to realize that they didn't get taken care of and mm-hmm. they're coming back to you anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal is we, we try to give people at least our jobs not to tell them what to do. It's right. really just say, Hey, here's what we have. If mm-hmm. we're a great fit, if you love our office, our team, yeah. go if with us. Okay. If you don't, that's okay. Yeah. 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 What does, uh, you know, speaking of inflation, when's inflation coming down, Alex? Oh boy. I, I don't know if State Farm <laughs> talks about that, but I know it's kind of a, a misnomer and we see inflation coming down a little bit. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you have any insight on that? That's a great question. I honestly don't. I mean, everything I've read and heard, it's like election years coming, so that'll mm. affect things. Um, but I mean, uh, when you look at especially housing, I don't see the cost of housing dropping. I see them right now. It's kind of where they're at. Yeah. They'll probably increase again. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just the steady rise of what it is. Yeah. It's our industry. Yeah. I don't know. Would you say? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I, mean, I don't have a crystal ball. And yeah. um, I know that mortgage rates follow inflation. So mm-hmm. inflation's higher, uh, rates are higher as inflation comes down. Yeah. Um, 
if we just make the Federal Reserve stay out of it and stop manipulating rates, it would be great and let the free market do what it does. That yeah. would be awesome. But that's I was going to say, that's the hard part is, I mean, we don't it's live not in that free world. market. We yeah. We don't know what's going on because we don't know what they're going to do. But Mm-mm. hey, any thoughts as we wrap up here? Any words of wisdom that maybe we didn't cover that you just want to share with somebody? Is there something that's just on your heart that you'd like to share? Yeah. I mean, I think that what even how you started and just talking about my family history and it's hard for guys like just young men to find mentors or Mm -hmm. just decide they're okay with someone having a voice in their life. Um, I would encourage people to talk to those that you look up to and try to glean things from them. You don't have to copy what they do, Mm -hmm. but if you can go just hear their story and learn from their mistakes. Um, That's something I was always encouraged to do growing up is watch my mistakes, not my successes, because um, mistakes can, you can choose to not repeat them. Successes, there's so many routes to success. And so if you can learn from those failures and mistakes, then that'll help a lot. It's great advice. And I assume you have many people who speak in your life that hold you accountable, Mm -hmm. mentor you, you probably mentor people. Yeah, And you probably heard that Show me who your five friends are, and I'll show you what your life will look like. Yeah. And uh, so I think men, the thing I always talk about is men love to isolate. Mm. We think we can do it ourselves. We don't want to tell people our problems. And, you know, it's a pride thing, you know. Yeah. But if we can actually be honest and, you know, be around other men, um, it'll sharpen us when we become better. And I think at 29, most men maybe never actually mature mm. to a level they could without yeah. that influence. So good job. Kudos to you for getting influenced or being influenced by people like your dad and Bruce and maybe Russ and yeah. whoever else. So, mm-hmm. well, brother, it's been have, fun having you on the show. I yeah. uh, appreciate you. Appreciate your your uh, commitment to our community. Mm. You guys are everywhere. You show up at all the events. I, I, I've never been to an event that I don't think I've seen, <laughs> haven't seen you at. So That's good to hear. That's yeah. pretty cool. But uh, no, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Really. Yeah. No, we love having you. And Well, thank you for everyone who listens each week. We appreciate you. We appreciate The Rec for hosting this and putting our podcast together. If you know of anybody that has a story they'd love to share, if you have a story you want to share, uh, reach out to me. I want to, I really want to hear your story. I'd love to share, uh, help help you share it. And uh, we appreciate you. So thank you. We'll see you next week.